Greetings, everyone. Uh, we used to live here on the island uh, from 2007, at the beginning, to 2017. And uh, we don't go to Cowboy Church, but we felt the Lord called us to the Dallas, Texas area. Um, yeah, right, so Fort Worth. Um, I was sharing with Steve earlier today, uh, Paul writes in, in the Word of God that he was the chiefest of sinners. And I said, well, it's good Paul wrote that, because if it wasn't for Paul, I would have to be in there, Keith Mitzel was the chiefest of sinners. And some of y'all have probably had some experiences like that. We've done a lot of wrong things that we wish if we could go back and do ever again, we wouldn't do. But I want you to know that God is good. Jesus is amazing. He's really, really, really true. So I just wanted to greet you from my wife and I and say thank you for welcoming us. It's always great to be in the house of the Lord. We love coming to Calvary North Shore. We love what God's doing here, and, and we love the people of Kauai, right? So God bless you guys. So uh, just going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for this message that you uh, put on my heart tonight. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come, that you make the word come alive. You said that, that you would breathe and pour your spirit out upon each and every person here. God, you know every need. So we ask you to meet it according to your riches and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, t tonight's title, I titled Beware of the Identity Thief. Uh, the scripture I'll be talking about a lot is in Matthew 16, 13, 16, who do men say that I am? But importantly, John 10, 10, Jesus said the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy, and I have come to give life and give it abundantly. My wife and I, uh, we get to travel a lot. Uh, I was never trying to get into ministry. Uh, but God had other plans, and so now uh, I tell people when I share my testimony, I'm not going to get into a lot tonight, but for, it took almost 50 years for the devil, try to, the, the devil to try, I'm sorry, it took almost 50 years for the devil to try and stop a calling of God that was on my life. Uh, I, I tried church, couldn't seem to make it, I, I fell away from God, I come back to church, I fell away from God, because I didn't understand the very thing that I needed to do. I'd incorporated God into a life that I never fully gave him. And unless you surrender, unless you die to the self that you were born into, you can never be who you were created to be. And so Galatians 1.15 is our testimony. I don't know if you realize it, but we, Paul said, I was called from my mother's womb, but yet he was a terrorist. He persecuted the only way in which men and women could be saved. There's no worse sin than keeping Jesus from the very one who loves them and wants to save them. And so Galatians 1.15, this is my testimony. I'm finally doing what God called me to do from my mother's womb. And I know the other weekend I was here and Steve says he gets excited about preaching the gospel. One time I tried to sit and teach at a school I was doing. My wife said, you're not going to be able to sit and teach. You're going to get all excited. You're going to get worked up. You're going to be talking about Jesus. You're going to be walking all over the platform. And it is true. There's nothing more exciting to me than the miracle that my life is. The greatest miracle that I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen some cool healings and things. But I said this in Brazil. The greatest miracle I've ever seen in my life is I saw someone raised from the dead. That man was dead, 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 and I was an eyewitness to that man's resurrection from the dead. And they think I'm talking about me laying hands on a corpse and a corpse getting up. But that man was me. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I had a drug problem. And I couldn't seem to get free. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I was raised from darkness to life. 
and God gave me new life. And now I'm finally doing what I actually love to do. One of my passwords, when they asked me about my credit card, is what's your password? And I said, it's the gospel. It's my favorite hobby is sharing the gospel. So I just do. I share the gospel everywhere I go with everyone that will listen. And the ones that don't, I don't get mad. I pray for them when I walk away. I want you to know that I'm a product of prayer evangelism, okay? So let's get on with the message here. I, I tell you why I like this message, who do the men say that I am. I'm going to give you a couple of testimonies of how it got started. I read the Word of God. I love the Word of God. My wife and I went to Japan one time on a ministry trip. And my wife used to have a really bad intolerance of gluten and MSG. And I don't know if anybody's ever been to Japan. Anybody ever been to Japan? Okay. They don't speak English as a second language. And if you don't have an interpreter and they don't give you an English menu, it's not easy. And so we go into this Indonesian restaurant and there was a guy from Malaysia who spoke perfect English. And I told him about my wife's issues with the food. He goes, no problem, I'll take care of it. And as I was praying for him in my heart, God told me that his back hurt and his left knee hurt. And I asked if I could pray for him. And when I prayed for him, he got healed. And this is what he said. I love Isa. He's a, he's a Muslim. I said, I love Jesus too. It was a beautiful May day and there was no one in the restaurant. There was a little table outside that needed cleaned off with some dishes. So I said, hey, my friend, can I come out and talk to you? He said, yes. I said, we have a problem. Why? I said, because you said that you love Isa, and I love Jesus, but we have two books that don't agree. In the Quran, it says that God has no son. And in the Quran, it says that Jesus didn't die on a cross. And that's not an eyewitness account. It was written about 600 years after the Bible, and all the disciples that fled the cross, except for John, were martyred for their faith. So we have men that found something worth believing in, and I'm sharing this with them. And the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that whosoever believes would not perish, his only begotten son. These books don't agree. And the Jesus that I believe in just healed you. Do you want to know which one's true? He said, I do. I said, then let's ask him. Because here's what Jesus said to Peter. To his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say Elijah, one of the prophets. Herod thought he was John the Baptist that had been headed and came back to life. Peter, who do you say? I say you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And this is what Jesus says to him. Peter, no person's revealed this to you but my Father in heaven. Unless the Father draws, no one's coming. But he does use us to proclaim the message. And so we prayed together. And this is what he said when we finished praying. What is going on? I feel something running through my veins. What's happening? I don't feel this for him. The only thing I could think of in the Holy Spirit moment was it must be the blood of Christ cleansing you from all your sin. So the man gives his life to Jesus. Now I'm an evangelist, so I have that in my tool belt. And my wife was sitting beside me in an Uber ride from DFW to my house. It's 22 minutes. The Uber driver, I was praying if God would give me a word of knowledge. The Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit. I didn't get anything. But I want you to know you'll be 100% effective and right, excuse me, every time if you tell someone that Jesus loves them. You'll never be wrong. And so that's what I said to the man. I said, hey, has anyone told you today how much Jesus loves you? And this is what he said. He said, I hate religion. 
And I said, my friend, I bet you do. You have seen it at its worst. Shia and Sunni Muslims killing each other over Quranic differences, differences in the Quran and tribal disputes. I said, do you know that Jesus hated religion? And he said, Isa hated religion. I said, yes. He said, my father's house should be a house of prayer. And they made it a den of thieves. And I shared that story with them, how Jesus flipped the money changer tables over and, and whipped the, took a whip and drove the animals out. Now we're at my driveway. And I said the same thing. Does not the Quran say that God has no son? And Jesus didn't die on a cross. He says, this is true. I said, the Bible says that Jesus is God's only begotten son. And that he did die on the cross. In fact, it says if the enemy would have knew what he was doing, he would have never crucified the son of glory, but he did. 1 Corinthians 2.8. And I said, these books don't agree. Do you want to know which book is true? And he said, I do. And I led him in the same kind of prayer that he would ask. And this is what he said. And my wife was sitting beside me this time. He says, when we finished praying, what is this peace I feel? There's no peace in Islam. Where can I get an Arabic Bible? I said, do you have a smartphone? You can get that Bible right there. So I have these stories, and I began to do a lot of ministry with Iranian refugees in Turkey and, and, and the UK and Germany and different places. And I found that when I preach this message, who do men say that I am? That the Spirit of God loves it when Jesus Christ is lifted up. And I don't have to debate or talk anyone into anything, but the Spirit of God begins to move on men's and women's hearts. And when I give the altar call, I can show you pictures of hands and hands and hands being raised up, giving their lives to Jesus. And then I hear stories about some of the, the couple that we prayed for, they're still going to that church today. They're still serving God today. We have an identity crisis in this world. I don't have to tell you that. If you're alive and you're paying attention, I know that you know. I don't know how many genders they think there is anymore, but it's getting too many that I lost count. But for me, I only know it's two, so I'm okay with that. I can count to two, right? Keeps it simple for me. If we're going to go into the horse breeding business, Mitch, I think one of us should have a male and the other one should have a female. Well, we're going to go out of business pretty quick, right? I think it's that simple. It goes against the creative design that God has, okay? So... I don't know, and I want to talk a little bit about this. I talked about the testimonies of the Somalian Uber driver and the Japanese waiter, but I, don't, I, I study this stuff out because I love it, and God has no son. This is from the Quran, okay? God has no son. The Christians call Christ the Son of God. Allah's curse be on them. How they are deluded away from the truth. That's Surah 930 in the Quran. Now, this book is not an eyewitness account. Jesus said, he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, John 3.18. Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you right now in John 35, 9.35 through 37. Jesus did not die on the cross, on the cross, Surah, I'm sorry. Jesus did not die on the cross in the Quran in Surah 157 and 158. This verse is an evidence that Allah, the Most High, took him up alive and saved him from being killed. This is absolute craziness, okay? 
And the reason it is because the devil's a liar. He's a liar. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8 says this. We speak of the mysteries and hidden wisdom of God, which he destined for our glory before time began. He's the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the earth was laid. God already had a plan in place. God knows what he's doing. Jesus is who he said he is, and God really did say. And this is what it says in verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have never crucified the Son of Glory, but they did. But they did. I want you to know what big news that is. I'm not going to read all of Galatians 3.13 through 3.16. But when Adam's sin, a curse came upon mankind. Cursed was the ground, right? Women in childbirth, cursed was the devil, right? So this curse came upon mankind. And the devil, all he knows is kill, steal, and destroy. He thinks I kill him, I win. I don't know if you've seen the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, but I love that part where Aslan, right, and the stone towel. I got chicken skins all over me just talking about it. You know, the innocent one, when those stone tablets are broken, when Jesus died on that cross. Oh, what a quantum physics, ridiculous miracle that God would become flesh and only God could bear the sins of the whole world. And that curse was broken and we can go free. So now the devil, the liar, turns around and says, I didn't do it. I didn't crucify him. But he did. And what he's trying to do is put these Muslim people under another law and a curse of the law. Because in Islam, you don't know whether you're ever going to go to heaven or not. Maybe if you blow up a bus full of children or something, you get 18 virgins, I don't know how many it's up, whatever crazy stuff it is. You're under this law, and if you do good, maybe Allah says yes. If you do good, Allah says no. But Paul writes this, who said, I was blameless in keeping the law. But if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. I got some good news for you guys tonight, man. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter what's been done to you, there's nothing that's been done greater that's been done to Jesus Christ and He is willing to take that sin off of you and onto Him. Come to me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The gospel is true. The gospel is good news. And you're looking at a guy that used to try to disprove the Bible so that I could live the way that I wanted to. I tell you what, he's not a cosmic buzzkill who was trying to steal my fun. He's the loving father that was trying to keep the fun from stealing me. Amen? Amen? He loves you. And he doesn't want you to perish. Oh, so I preach this message. I love this message, right? This question, I believe, is the most important question that has ever been asked. And our answer really matters. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who is he to you? There's a lot of things being said about Jesus today. We have a friend that we just met that was Gail's nail uh, technician. I mean, lash technician, right? Sorry, other part of the body, not nails. She used her nails to put your lashes on. I get it. Gets confusing. But anyhow, we, she walked in all new age tattooed and all this stuff, and she asked, you know, if we're from here, and no, we moved, and told her why we moved, and I'm an evangelist, and I'm a believer too. This is important to know this because God is love. 
But love isn't God. Not everything we call love is really love because love does no harm to its neighbor. And it's not loving to tell people they're okay when the Bible says they're not. That's not. That's hate speech. I'm not telling you to hate people for what they're doing. We don't judge them according to the flesh. We judge them for the potential they have as a child of God. But we need to warn them for their perishing. But anyhow, this girl had an encounter with God. Her dad became a Christian when she was a teenager. And she got saved and, and she had a, a charismatic encounter where she got prayed for and fell over and got up speaking in tongues, didn't know what it was. And she was doing okay for about three years. And then she had some LGBTQ friends. And she began to think that I love them and it's not okay that the church doesn't love them and telling them they're not okay. And she walked away from God and started to dabble in the occult. And eventually got to this place where she just believed that Jesus was one of the ascended masters. No, he is the master. He is the way. He is the truth. And God gave her a dream. Actually, let me back up. She was here on Kauai going back and forth from Santa Monica to Kauai. And the Lord told her, to, I want you to baptize yourself. He had marked her when she was 13. So she went out in the ocean and baptized herself three times in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then the Lord gave her a dream. And in the dream, he, he showed her that she was doing tarot cards and performing spells and these spirit guides that she, she thought she had. He took her out of her body and she saw that they were demonic beings and what they were doing was trying to destroy her and she was getting darker and darker and darker. She woke up freaked out Burned all her books and threw her crystals into the sea. Jesus is who he said he is. He's not an ascended master. He is the son of the living God. Amen? Oh, I'm so excited. I got so much to share and I'm trying to get it all in here. All right. There's a whole lot being said about Jesus today. Islam, right? They don't believe he's the son of God. He's just a prophet. The Jehovah Witnesses believe that he's Satan's brother. And so do the Mormons believe he's Satan's brother. Now, isn't that interesting? Because Jesus, the five I wills of Satan in Isaiah 14, right? Jesus, one of them, I think the lesson was, I will sit on his throne and be like him. So because he couldn't become like Jesus, and Jesus saw him fall like lightning from heaven, he tries to recreate an idolatrous notion of Jesus that's like him. It's a lie. It's a lie. Ultimately, what Jesus says in the, and the Word of God are what's true. He is truth. God is love. The gospel proves it. My life is a testimony, and I believe probably most everyone in here tonight is a testimony that they've had encounters with the love of God, and I believe most people here tonight are believers. At the end, we'll do a prayer, and if you're not, man, don't miss this opportunity to get right with God. No man knows that day nor hour their life's required of them, and I'm not prophesying a, a disaster, but on March 4th, 2014, I was hit head-on by a drunk driver on this island. And my son Sam was killed instantly. Steve knows about it. Many of you prayed for me. But he was a man of God, and God restored his relationship to Sam and to me. And God showed me when he stepped out of his body, he had his right hand out praying for me, and two angels took him to heaven. I had to confirm two different times. Now, I miss him, but I want him to be part of that cloud of witnesses. Say, Dad, I'm proud of what you're doing. You keep going, and you keep doing it. Come on. 
If Paul was the chiefest of sinners because he persecuted the only way in which we could be saved, what does that say about us if we're not telling anybody what they need to do to be saved? Now listen, not everybody's as bold as me, but there's a prayer that you can pray for boldness. You can ask God to make you bold. You can't do anything in your own strength, but he can do amazing things. If he can use me and he can use a donkey... And he can use my brother Steve. Steve will tell you about his story, right? Mitch and, and some of my friends. He'll use you. I believe way more in what God believes about his possibility in you than some of you believe by looking in the mirror. And that's because you've believed the lies over your life for too long. You've focused on your past. You've focused on what people that were hurtful said to you. You've focused on hurts in the church. And all of a sudden, you got your eyes off of the nailed flesh and on the failed flesh of the church, man. And that's a deadly trap. And once you do that, that's all the enemy will get you to look at. And pretty soon, you'll be a loner and you'll walk away from God. And there you'll be out there. And then that lion who seeks to who he can devour, he'll find you isolated. And all of a sudden, all you'll see is through the lens of offense. And if it wasn't for Christians, I would be saved. Come on with that. I haven't met a perfect Christian yet, even my wife. I mean, she's pretty good, though, but she's not perfect. And she would probably tell you I'm not perfect. Shh, okay, don't let that out. But it's true. Okay. So let me tell you some things about Jesus. Um, in John 8, 58, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. You can scratch these down. I'm not going to systematically. I'm kind of connecting dots here, but I, but I will go. I mean, I know you guys typically go through the word like this, but I'm probably jamming a whole bunch of scriptures. They line up, so bear with me. I'm going to give you a bunch of them. So a lot of them are in John. I am the bread of life, John 6, 35 and 36. He's the light of the world, John 8, 12. He's not a light. He is the light. Do you know that he said, I'm going to go to the Father and you're going to be the light of the world? You know why? Because it's Christ in you and me, the hope of glory. He's the light of the world. Now we get to be the light of the world. He's the door. John 10, 9, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. He's the good shepherd, John 10, 11. He is the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. In John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth and life. There is no other way but by me. And I'm not going to record them all, but I'm going to go to John 1. I'm going to end with John 1 here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, right? And all things were created by Him, through Him, and for Him. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. That is a big and bold statement. Jesus is God. If you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. So you need to, and I need to know who He is. The Spirit of God. And his word, John 6, 6, 3, my word is spirit and life, reveals the reality of who Christ is. And that doesn't mean we don't have spirit encounters when we're in the world sometimes. We do. Most of us weren't reading our Bible when we came to Christ. Right? We had an encounter with God, sometimes with someone sharing the gospel with us through a life circumstance. But I want you to know that Jesus did not have an identity crisis. He absolutely knows who he is and why he came. But we have this crazy identity crisis in the world. And if we don't know whose we are, we won't know who we are. I'm going to give you an A.W. Tozer quote. Uh, we can never know who or what we are till we know at least something of what God is. 
We really need to know him in order to know who we really are. There is this form of idolatry, right, that can happen. I know we talk about some Hindus in, in, in India, and they have like three million gods and all that kind of stuff. I don't know which one you decide to believe in, right? Um, just nonsense. Gods that can't talk. Gods that can't see. Gods that can't hear. But I think one of the most dangerous gods is the god that happened from the fall of Adam. It's we became a God unto ourselves, and it's the God in the mirror. And all of a sudden, we're recreating God into the image like us, like we want him to be, rather than allowing God to transform us back into the image that we were created to be. So we need to get this stuff, man. We need to understand the reality of, listen, I know Romans 7.24, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me? But praise be to God through Christ Jesus who has delivered me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, holy and blameless without fault only in and through him. In whose sight? In the Father's sight. Do you see what I see, says the Lord? Or are you looking back through a rearview mirror of your past and living in guilt, condemnation, and shame and the devil's kept you there thinking that you have nothing to offer for God? And I want you to know this is just nonsense. It's hogwash. It's not true. And I'm not talking sinless perfection. I'm talking righteousness. Through humility, by coming to Christ, we get to wear His righteousness. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to put to death the misdeeds of the body. He said, wait till we receive power from on high, Acts 1.8. That's not just the giftings of the Spirit. It's not just telling people about Jesus. It's becoming Christ-like through transformation. Those that are led by the Spirit won't gratify the desires of the flesh. That's why it's important to take every thought captive that rises against what I'm telling you tonight. Because it says we haven't resisted temptation to the point of shedding blood. Sometimes I don't think we're resisting it at all. We're wallowing in it. And wondering how and why. And I'll share this to you. I, I think of this the way I think. You're going to be working out in God's gym until you leave this body and go to be with Him. It's called resistance training. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he flees. And through that repetition and through that walk, you're going to build strong spiritual muscles. And you're going to grow up more and more into the likeness of him. And I'll give you the scripture for that. 2 Corinthians 3. With an unveiled face, we behold as in a mirror the word of God, right? The image of his son and are being transformed more and more into his likeness from glory to glory. So what if I miss it? Well, I'm not going to miss it and give that. That's not a license to sin. If I miss it, I don't go, well, I guess I can go rack a couple more up. No, I miss it. I confess it. God, that's not what I should have done. I need you to help me, forgive me, and strengthen me. There's things that I used to do that I'll never do again. And there's things that I still don't want to do. And a lot of that has to deal with temperament and disposition and kindness and love and how we talk to each other. My wife and I are working on those things on a constant basis. Kindness. Make kindness your favorite. It's God's favorite. Who are who you are depends on whose you are. Victory in battle depends on an impregnable position. Take your place in Christ. Your whole life depends upon knowing who your God is and who you are as his redeemed one in Christ. Our everyday life depends on it. 
In Acts 19, 11 through 20, there were seven sons of a man named Sceva who saw that there was these amazing miracles being done in the name of Jesus, right? So they tried to cast out, <laughs> they tried to do an exorcism on this demon-possessed man. It's kind of a funny story in a way. And uh, seven brothers, one guy, and they literally got their butts handed to him. And this is what they said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? It's not enough to just proclaim the name of Jesus and taking the Lord's name in vain and living like you're not a Christian. I believe that's really the worst way to take the Lord's name in vain. You believe enough, you want to be saved, right? But you really aren't in a place where you want to be sanctified. I'm okay if I just get in by the skin of my teeth. You don't have skin on your teeth anyhow. Okay? So we need to get our name in the Lamb's book of life. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know that He's greater in us than He that's in the world. I've cast demons out. Not in, I don't go in the name of Keith, come out of him. That probably wouldn't get me very far. I might be like the seven sons of Sceva. I get whipped pretty good and head out naked and bleed him. My wife would go, what happened to you? I tried to use the wrong name. No, it's the name of Jesus. Well, it's the name of Jesus. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You've been adopted into the family of God. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're his own special people. The devil, you're a citizen of heaven. You're filled with the Spirit. you got Ephesians armor. You know what he's done? He's dropped us in behind enemy lines. 1 John 5, 19. The whole world's under his influence. And here, Steve, here's the keys to the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now go kick some gates in and set captives free. That's our mission statement. I mean, that's just, to me, that stuff gets connected, and I see it everywhere. And yes, sometimes the church is a hospital. But we're not to be a how do I say this, a senior care facility in that sense. You understand, we're supposed to try to help get people better so that we can get them out of the chairs or the pews. And when you leave that door, you're entering the mission field so we can share the gospel with people, so we can bring people into the church, so we can see people saved. I'm telling you, God did such a work in my life. I'm grieved when I go places, and I'm thinking most of these people don't know Jesus. And I'm sitting there and I'm praying for him and sometimes I'm crying. I go to this Indian restaurant downtown in Kapaa. It's a new one. It's amazing. And they got all their statues and their idols and I'm in there and I'm praying. God, you're reaching these people in the Middle East that are seeking Allah. When these people are pursuing their gods, I pray that you would encounter them, that they would be saved. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. The prayers of the righteous avail much and you're righteous in Christ. Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power from his resurrection from the dead. It was impossible for death to hold the author and giver of life, which is absolutely amazing. Okay? If you have repented and been adopted into the family of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And we can receive power through intimacy with the Father to be witnesses. Acts 1.8 Faith is the evidence of things not seen but hoped for. But faith doesn't come from observing your circumstances or rationalizing your problems. It comes through looking at the heart of God through Jesus and His Word. That's where faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Knowing God is eternal life. The whole point of the gospel is to change who we are because what we were born into was never who we were created to be. Created in the image of God, born in the fall of Adam, we must be born again. Grace without transformation is deception. 
You understand what I mean by that? If we're not progressing in the Lord, it's not greasy grace. It's not a license to sin. God loves me. It doesn't matter what I do as long as I believe in Jesus. That stuff's all out there in a the progressive church. I don't have time to get into all that tonight. You guys see it everywhere. We should be an ever-growing army of God's ambassadors covering the earth with His glory as the waters cover the sea. I don't know if you see what I see, but you're the roster of God. You're the best He's got. He's chosen you to be born for such a time as this. Now, why don't you just believe that? Because that's what He says. And I'm not telling you it's easy to believe all the time because life will challenge that. But you've got to stay in that word. You've got to keep your mind renewed or pretty soon you're going to be reading too many news articles and then woe is the world and woe is me and what am I going to do about this? Listen, here's how I see it. The ark of Jesus is way bigger than the ark of Noah and we have a job to do and it's get people in that ark who warned you to flee the coming wrath of God. It's coming. And we want to get people in the ark. Amen? Okay. We are sons and daughters, kings and priests, ambassadors, soldiers, that we might proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are the people of God. We have a great commission to fulfill. Go into all the world here in Kauai too, in Kilauea and all over the island and, and share the love of God with people. And if someone rejects what you have to say, you don't call fire down. You don't curse them. You pray for them when you walk away. God, give them another chance. They don't know you. Just think how patient God was in your life and my life. The harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. Pray that the Lord send laborers that are equipped for the work of the kingdom. And may you enable us to proclaim the gospel with boldness and confirm it with power. I'm going to ask you all to stand. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray. I know that Wednesday night services are probably a little short. I made a, went a little long. Forgive me if I, if I have. Um, but tonight, um, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity. And there may be some people here tonight that maybe you've got away from God. Maybe you think you can't be forgiven. I was that person. But I knew that, a friend of mine knew that deep down I really wanted to be saved. And I believed the lie of the devil that I couldn't be. And it just wasn't true. Look at me here today. And if that's you tonight, if you feel that you've been struggling with condemnation, I want you to know that, gee, you're not here tonight by accident. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If that's you tonight, would you just raise your hand? If that's you, I see that hand. Is there, is there another one that's really struggling with this place that you can't even forgive yourself? You think you can't forgive yourself? I see that hand. I see that hand. Listen, remember that you're not the Lord over your life. If you stood before heaven and hell and you had a choice, nobody's going to throw themselves into hell. You're going to come to Jesus, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, he'll give you rest. The Lord forgives you. Receive that forgiveness tonight. Now listen, if you don't know Jesus and you come tonight and the Holy Spirit has stirred your heart and you want to give your life to Jesus, we're going to pray together. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If there's someone here tonight that has never really given their life to Jesus, if that's you, if you're not sure, you just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for those that raised their hand tonight. God, I thank you that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray the blood of Jesus over each and every person in this room, God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and reveal who Jesus is. 
He's the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. He's the Savior of the world. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would thump these hearts, God. God, that you remove the hearts of stone, that you give them hearts of flesh. God, that you give them a new spirit, that they become brand new creations in Christ. And above all else, God, you said that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, you would give it in abundance. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and bless each person here tonight. And God, and I pray that you would give them boldness, make them witnesses, that they would lead many to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thanks for letting me share.